Spreading faster than a case of the clap in a trailer court. Able to shatter eardrums within a 666 mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder Metal What the fuck is up, Chris Shawback? What's going on, Pete? Dude, Dude, it's fucking Tuesday, man. After a week off, we're back again. We're fucking back at this shit with episode 53. Keep on chugging by, man. We're just tearing it up every fucking week. Killing it. Every week. Now, last week, we did the Origins of Karaoke bonus episode. That was pretty pretty fun. Bad circumstances, but yeah, it was still fun. Yeah, I mean, we did some fun stuff in light of what was going on with CK. We know that uh, CK was going through an issue uh, with his health, and so he was in the hospital. Motherfucker was going to do the episode From in his the hospital, hospital bed. Dude. I was like, dude, that's fucking insane, man. <laughs> no, we can, man, we can you know? switch this, dude. It's I good, know. man. <laughs> I was like, no, let's just yeah. reschedule, you know. Take care of yourself, brother. Right. Dude. So yeah. we were going to do the karaoke this week, and last week was the uh, Benoit episode. So we did a switch. And so in light of what was going on with CK, uh, we went ahead and did the karaoke episode. So... Got a lot of listens. If you missed that, it's pretty funny. Talk about like why I do it. And you had come over on a Sunday like hammered too. So that was pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) That makes it a little more fun, you know, (laughs) at one o'clock in the afternoon, just hammered. Said the only time you stopped drinking was when the couple hours you slept. (laughs) It was pretty bad. Uh, It happens every now and again. Right. Every now and again. And Paul back going back over to IGA for some beer too. Yeah, yeah. Now, episode 52 was a good one. We talked about another local story, man. Those nasty beasts in Illinois murders. That was terrible. That's some Um, bullshit. That dude fucking, he deserves to be where he's at. Yeah, big time. Now, you know, talking about a husband, his wife, and Three kids, uh, you know, the fourth was three-year-old girl survived, but just Still awful. Still got beat pretty fucking bad, Yeah, dude. I mean. With her, a fucking tire iron. Yeah, it's fucking awful. So, yeah, so we, we, we dug into that. And, of course, Justin Morris was the listener that suggested it. That was yes. a good one, man. Well, thanks, um, Justin, again. Yeah, thanks, Justin. And then we had CK talking about some Iron Maiden, 40 years of fucking metal, and that was just kick-ass. So. Fuck, yeah. So this week, though, we got another listener-suggested feature. Now, Justin was, ironically, one of the people that wanted us to do this. And then we had a bunch of people pile on like, oh, you got to do that. Dude, fucking goddamn Benoit, man. Yeah, so, I mean, wrestler Chris Benoit, I mean, just an awful situation. Terrible murder-suicide went down in June of 2007 at his home in Fayetteville, Georgia. Now, some blame steroid use. Um, others said it was all those concussions he suffered in the ring. So Probably definitely a, a very interesting discussion. And there's plenty of conspiracy theories out there, like always with that kind of shit. Some of them are fucking ridiculous. We'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are fucking stupid. Like, it, yeah. Why would you even think that? Right. I mean, just ignorant shit. Um, now, to help us out, we got our buddy here, Adam Hall, in the studio Adam, here with up, us. Brother? So thanks, Adam, for coming in. 
He's into wrestling big time. So when we told him we were going to do the podcast on Chris Benoit, he was definitely in. And uh, we got CK, which I didn't know was all into fucking wrestling at the time. At the time when that happened. Yeah, yeah. So he wants to do a fucking rare three segment appearance. So we got CK in murder, metal, and he's got a mayhem story from the hospital. Yeah, I can't wait to hear this and shit. He's claiming it has something to do with a priest. And the podcast. I don't know if that means our podcast or... <laughs> or another what. one or whatever. So but, I'm very intrigued yeah. to yeah, hear me that too. story. I can't wait to so hear that should be pretty shit. awesome. <laughs> and he's going to be doing that here in a minute. Um, so, you know, once we're done with murder, we'll hold him over to do metal. And, of course, he's going to talk about Fozzie, which uh, is since a Since we're doing wrestler. Yeah, Fucking totally. Chris Jericho. Fucking. Right. Yeah, and just good timing for that. So, yeah, and I've got some uh, Fozzy. I'm going to jam different bumper music, but they'll be in the mix. And a good call from CK to do that one. And when I was in low 12, we got to open for Fozzy at a show in Pontiac, Illinois. That's fucking cool. And it was cool. It's funny because that's the first show I ever remember going to or playing in where out in the crowd, all I saw were fucking wrestling shirts. It was so <laughs> fucked up. I mean, I knew why, but it but was just yeah, weird. Just, ah, like, just different fucking. Wow. Like, it was fuck? like some dude like with his mom and he looked like he lived like in the basement. You know, like <laughs> right. Kind of situation. Kind of weird. Um, both the mom and him with like matching shirts. It was very strange. A lot of mullets. Um, and it was a good time. But they were cool, and uh, and it was a good time, a good crowd, and so it was fun. But totally different vibe. Um, so, and then you know we're gonna hold him over, like I said, after that, um, because uh, he yeah. wants to talk some mayhem. Um, and of course, in mayhem, we're gonna do killer cage killer match. Cage match tonight, and, and uh, yeah, we just want to say thank you to Lori. Holy crap, Lazarine. Lazarine yeah. And Brian Lee Wellen and my sister, Stacy. Thanks, Stacy. Yeah, exactly. For providing that was the numbers cool, this time, man. man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we got a good one this time, man. We're going to be talking about the murdering sex slave master, Leonard Lake. <laughs> that's that's funny. We got <laughs> Leonard Lake because we had Charles Ng not we that did. long ago, dude. We did. I know. I thought the same thing. That would have been funny if it was those two. That would have been funny that fighting been each other, one. dude. That would be fucking crazy yeah we might have to just do that yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> and then the russian slayer chessboard killer who we just did not too long ago so pretty fucked up dude they'll be fighting to the death in the steel cage with two objects and a variable thrown in the mix so we'll reveal all that in the mayhem segment a uh, huge shout out to our sponsor man fucking psycho killer yeah psycho killer got that shirt. i got the shirt on they sent me one it was fucking cool they, you were wearing one in the 50th um, and I was just, actually wearing mine when uh, we did the interview with William by that's right. total accident. That's funny. <laughs> that is right. Yeah, that was awesome. So those guys are kick-ass, man. Those serial killer bobbleheads. We've been you get some out here on the yeah. table tonight. Little Manson. Yeah. John and Gacy. Oh, Gacy. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, Gacy with the PDM, the PDM, PDM contractor shirt. Yeah, and Berkowitz. Some nice. Sam. It looks like Heck Ed yeah. Gein and Adam's got a Dahmer over there facing yeah, him. Dude. So. so go check those guys out yeah. for real. Go buy something and tell them we sent you there. Yeah, for They'll sure. They'll ship it to you right away. Yeah, they get the shit right out, man. I got mine within a week uh, when I ordered it the first time. So, yeah, psychokillerbobbleheads.com. We did an interview with their president, Rob Murray. So if you missed that, uh, we did post it as a bonus episode. And we also just did like a 48-minute interview. And he talked about some crazy shit. He did. William Harder of Psycho Killer Bobbleheads and Murder Auction. 
And what's the other one? SatanCentral.com. Yeah, SatanCentral.com, yeah. He's Rob, or uh, William's fucking out there. He's um, fucking cool he's a great dude, dude, man. man. Um, totally into that stuff. And we're going to be doing that in the Murderbilia episode next week. So that's going to be great. Um, and he's met a lot of death row inmates, which he talks about in the interview, dude. Yes, he Ramirez, does. Ramirez, Charles Ng, like Charles I just Ng, mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Manson, fucking like 50, 50 something times. <laughs> fucking nuts. And his own grandmother was a serial killer. So yes, we'll talk about, about that. that in the interview. And I got a shirt uh, for that one. Right, right. Uh, I seen so, that yeah. shirt. That's nice. <laughs> so uh, he has some stories to share. So you'll want to check that out for sure. And we'll play about seven minutes of that in the Mayhem segment. Uh, we also did a great interview about 18 minutes long with Bob Weiss, uh, owner of the amazing Shakers up in Milwaukee. Fucking love Good that place. Good interview with him talking about some shit. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to be here. Right. Well, still, shit it's came still up, a good fucking interview. And we did one with him anyway, uh, talking Cream City Cannibal Tour, um, some new TV specials that Shakers is going to be on, some really cool stuff on the Travel Channel, I think. Um, and we're going to put that in Murder Billia next week. So okay. you got both of those uh, features with Bob Weiss and William Harder. It's going to be great. I'm really psyched for that shit. And last minute, dude, we got a sponsor. <laughs> man. This one right hot off the presses. I haven't even listened to it yet. <laughs> Couch fucker upholstery cleaning. Not it's sure what's fucking, up with that. We'll check it out and see what they want. But they paid us a couple bucks, sent us the 60-second ad, so that should be pretty good. Um <laughs> And so we've got one hell of a packed one this week, dude. We got CK coming up for three fucking segments. We got our buddy Adam Hall here talking some wrestling. Wrestling? He might get up on the chair and do one of those flying headbutts. Power bomb here. I told him that you wouldn't mind letting him do that to you. So So I hear that 920 coming from Danbury. It's a little early. A little early today. But special delivery with CK ready, raring and fucking ready to go. Fucking A, man. He's going to get his fucking murder on yeah, this time. Yeah, he's going to get the murder on Fuck yeah, man. That Benoit intro music. There we go. Coming out of Heartwork uh, from Carcass and then into the Benoit intro song. And, of course, we heard that train whistle coming, so we got our boy CK on the line. What's up, dude? Yo, what's up? Fuck yeah, man. Sounds like you're fucking raring and ready to go, man. Fired up for this one. Fuck yeah, dude. Rock and get ready to rock. Hell yeah, dude. It's awesome to have you on, and this time through three segments, man. You sure you're... Ready for that much fucking brutality <laughs> in your life or what? I don't know. We'll find out. It should be pretty probably, good. I'll probably, probably be sleeping after this is done. <laughs> right. You probably will, dude. You probably will. And, of course, we've got Adam Hall here, our buddy. Oh, What's yeah. up, Adam? What's up, fellas? What's up? Thanks for having me on here, man. No problem, oh, it's man. it's awesome, man. We're talking about wrestling, man. I always wrestling. give you shit about wrestling, and now we're doing <laughs> this. 
So I feel like obligated to at least right, have yeah. you in here, gotta like legit, like talking about. Yep. As soon as you mentioned it, my ears perked up. I was oh, like, yeah. I gotta be, I gotta be a part of this. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> Fuck yeah! So that's awesome, man. Definitely pumped up for this one. Um, so we're talking professional Canadian wrestler Chris Benoit, of course, known for the terrible tragedy that happened where he killed his wife, his son, and then himself in a bizarre case that generated more than its share of controversy and a lot of fucking conspiracy theories. Right, right. Just crazy shit. And anytime you have a high-profile thing like that happen with a major you know, figure in the sport that he was in, I mean, it's got to have... I wasn't into it at the time, so I really didn't know much about this. So I definitely am glad that, Adam, you're here, and CK... I know, Chris, you're into this stuff, but maybe not as much as these guys. So. I don't, not, not into wrestling. Oh, okay. I thought you were a little yeah, bit. Not, so. no. Yeah, so, you know, we're it. trying to get some people in here that understand a little better because we like to do shit the right way. Fucking so. A. So we're going to get into the thick of it uh, here. Um, and, you know, Adam, you brought a, a special mask with you. Now, what was the name of that mask? <laughs> it is a luchador mask. A luchador. <laughs> a luchador. This okay. one's specific to Rey Mysterio. Oh, nice. okay. <laughs> and we we put that mask. You were going to originally wear the mask, but I had said that I was a little afraid. Yeah, you don't want very you. imposing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And right. I didn't want you to like well, fucking hurt me. That's because I'm working out once a month now. Once a month. <laughs> once a month. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Damn. For like seven hours. Yeah. But then you brought the mask, and we decided to put it where, Mister Shawback? Where do we put oh, that I, mask? Um, CCK's got that fuck motherfucker yeah, on dude. right now. <laughs> <laughs> CCK oh, with the fucking luchador mask on, so fucking looking very fucking frightening over there with the. The side fucking... Well, you're about to fucking jump hand. off the turnbuckle and fucking elbow <laughs> motherfucker in the head. So I better not <laughs> fuck up... Awesome. I better not fuck up this wrestling stuff here. So <laughs> it's going to be great. So welcome, both of you, Murder Metal Mayhem. Of course, CK, your first time in the murder segment. So it's pretty awesome. Yes. Man. So now he was born in 67. So he was... my would have been my age. That's when I was born. Uh, so I feel old as fuck. Uh, 22-year career. He held 22 championships in the WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. So that was a mouthful. Uh, critics say he's one of the best wrestlers there ever was, uh, like in the top five. Adam, would you agree? I would. I yeah. would. He was, he was very technical and uh, very physical. Okay. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. CK, what do you think, dude? I definitely agree. Um, he was definitely a great technical wrestler. Um, obviously bought up, you know, trained at, at the um, Heart Dungeon. So, yeah, right. You don't get much better than that. Right, for sure. I've heard some stuff, and we're going to talk a little bit about that here as we go. It's uh, pretty, pretty crazy shit that he was doing to just learn how to fucking get in that ring. Uh, he was poised to win his third WD, WWE championship on the night of his death in 2007. So that's crazy. Now, we mentioned in the intro, you know, some people say steroids were partially to blame. Others are saying uh, repetitive head injury. Um, and some claim that he was murdered and it was made to look made to like, look like a su or murder suicide. Yeah, 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 so pretty crazy stuff. And so we're going to talk about that. Um, now he was born in Montreal, Quebec. Quebec. Um, the letter, Kenny. Have you seen that yet? No. Dude, there's a fucking episode. It's so fucking funny, but they all say Quebec 
slightly different. It's fucking funny. Uh, right. So anybody out there listening, if you have not seen the show Letter Kenny and you like shit like the Trailer Park Boys, you have to fucking watch the show. Yeah, it's still fucking funny. I've seen the little clips, but everything I've seen it's is fucking really hilarious. fucking funny. So it's <laughs> it's well worth checking out. Anyway, um, he spent most of his childhood in Edmonton, Alberta, which is where he was built from in his career. Um, during his childhood and adolescence, he idolized the wrestler Tom Dynamite Kid Billington and Bret Hart. Uh, How yeah. fucking old is Bret Hart, dude? 103. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> yeah, I wondered the same thing. Because nah, I remember watching him for a old, long time. He's in mid-50s. I remember when I was a kid so. and I did watch wrestling, watching Bret Hart yeah. and shit, dude. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he attended. Yeah, he's, a, I think he's pretty much retired now. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, without a doubt. At that age, I can't imagine doing that shit then, man. Fuck. Uh, he attended a wrestling event at age twelve, where he saw these two performers and just he thought they stood out and just really modeled himself, you know, in that way. Uh, he went on to train hardcore style, as we mentioned at the Heart Infamous training facility known as the dungeon which is pretty fucking cool yeah that's a fucking cool name for it man and he was training under the fucking guidance of Stu Hart, so definitely uh, very physical like you said adam uh he learned to lead you know with the the type of wrestling he was doing is where a lot of these multiple concussions came from yeah that signature move of his though fuck. yeah and he did i guess adopted hart's trademark sharpshooter as his uh finishing move I don't know much about these moves, but Adam, what's up with the sharpshooter? Um, the sharpshooter was actually a submission hold. It was uh, okay. something that the the hearts used. Uh, they still use one of the uh, Natalia is actually in the WWE right now. She uses it, oh, but okay. it's a it's a low risk move. You just kind of tie up their legs, kind of a Ric Flair figure four type right, thing. Right. Right. But uh, he would do uh, the flying headbutt, and he would leap from one side of the ring to the other off the turnbuckle. Wow. And he'd just throw his arms out to the side, and he would connect his head with his opponent's chest. And he would try to hit them in the heart. That was what he was trying to do. It wasn't right. like he was headbutting their head. Oh, okay. So he I thought it was the, a headbutt. It, 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 it is a headbutt, but he would use his head, his forehead, and hit them in the chest. heart. Yeah, oh, in the okay. chest. And... Um, he was one of the few wrestlers that, uh, he, it was an extreme style that an he wrestled. Extreme move, he, yeah. he was one of like three or four wrestlers that would let other wrestlers hit him in the back of the head with a chair. Right, right. Because you could see a, a chair coming. Yeah. Coming you at you. Kind of yeah, you can kind of, yeah, yeah. You can't with the back. Right. So... You, 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 can't, you can't fake a chair. Yeah, you can't fake a chair. Yeah. Now, CK, haven't you... Haven't you fucking walloped some of your employees with chairs? Is that what you do over there? Yeah, that's actually why I'm not working. <laughs> You're on like an administrative leave or something? Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's all ruse. <laughs> now, he goes on to wrestle in Stu Hart's Stampede Wrestling in 1985. Uh, definitely uh, compared to Billington, which, as we mentioned, one of his idols with moves, as you mentioned, Adam, the flying headbutt and the snap suplex, which yes. sounds pretty fucking brutal. I, right. It sounds yeah, like I, I wouldn't even like imagine. No. <laughs> um, and he went even as uh, Dynamite Chris Benoit at that time, won four tag team championships before Stampede closed its doors, and he went to Japan to wrestle professionally, uh, trained in a dojo, and began wrestling under his own name, 
but then switch to wearing a mask and going by the Pegasus Kid. All right, then. That sounds kind of lame. Man. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go over. Well. It was it was big in in the in Japan because oh, every, sure. a lots oh. of people wear masks and there's right. a, a a lot more of a theatrical feel to it. But. Right, okay. Right. Now, CK, you had mentioned that Stampede was pretty brutal when we were talking the other day. Yeah, Stampede was brutal. It was um, an organization founded by um, Stu Hart. So, I mean, the guy, Stu Hart was just a brutal bastard to begin with. He, he would brutalize his – when he trained, he would brutalize people in, the, in that dungeon, and it just flowed over to Stampede Wrestling. Yeah. So it was kind of start – I would say more kind, kind of kind of like the early stages of hardcore wrestling. Right. Um. Before, you know, you got to the ECW and all that. But I think that was the beginning stages of it. And probably where, you know, definitely where Benoit really started to get physical. So Now, Adam, you were saying that the dungeon, like the training was like almost like torture type it, it shit. Was. It was. Uh, it was, it was kind of looked at as a, almost the Ivy League of, of schools because you had all these different wrestling schools. And people wanted you to be trained professionally because you're protecting your opponent, you right. know. Um, but every if you went into the uh, the dungeon and Stu Hart gave you his seal of approval, you could get get your uh, your foot in the door just about anywhere. No but shit. But he was tough. There were no windows in the place, and Brett and Owen Hart, Stu Hart's uh, sons, actually named. The dungeon, the dungeon. Like I said, there was no windows. Wow. There was no air conditioner. It was had just to be fucking sweaty and, and nasty. Stinky. And he, he would, he would, he would brutalize his trainees so bad they would hear him crying. God damn! Up, yeah. up on the, like on a third floor of the house. He, God damn! He would put them in holds and call it stretching them out, and literally just like pull people in, into into positions that they your body's not supposed to go to toughen them up. Right. To, to kind of weed out the week. Wow. Sounds pretty fucking brutal to me, man. Now, he goes on to the uh, WCW in 92 and then to the ECW in 94. And this is where he had that match where he broke the neck of Sabu. Now, that sounded pretty fucked up. Yeah. It's like I, what I read is he went like the wrong way and Sabu Sa- did. Sa- and- Sabu, has, uh, in several interviews, has taken uh, responsibility for, for oh, that really? happening. Okay. But again, it's you're you're kind of protecting your your opponent. You're trying to keep them safe. They're trying to keep you safe because right. you're putting each other in yeah, awkward I mean, sure. positions, and it hurts. Uh, it, you know, it, I've I've been in a ring and I've taken they're called bumps. I've yeah. taken a couple of bumps, and they're, they're even the ropes <laughs> hurt. The the ropes hurt. Yeah, so. I've heard that. I think you had told me that. Yeah, yeah. that's fucked up. Um. So yeah. So he breaks this guy's neck. Um, he felt terrible about it, but I thought it was fucked up. WCW kind of used it as like a marketing tool and started calling him the Crippler. Yeah, Crippler. Which is fucked up. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, in 95, WCW changed his name to the Canadian Crippler. Uh, one of his moves, the crossface, was dubbed the Crippler crossface. So. Yes. Hell yeah. So pretty uh, pretty crazy. I think All that's for awful to dude's fucking neck, call yeah. him that. That's pretty yeah. shitty, man. Um, now, the details of his career with all the different organizations he wrestled for definitely gets a bit into the weeds. And while I find this very interesting, didn't want to go too heavy into the all the moves he made in his career because he had a what, 22-year career and obviously was very, very accomplished. 
Um, now, I don't know if either of you guys have anything to add um, to, you know, what led up to what happens with him. I mean, is anything about his career that you think was important enough to mention before we go into the murder part of this? Adam? I, I mean, he did I, he did hurt himself in 2001. I believe he hurt his neck. Okay. And, um, you know, when you wrestle, you don't have a guarantee. At that time, I don't know if it's true now, you didn't have a guarantee contract. So if you didn't wrestle, you didn't make money. Right. So um, at that time, you know, you had to self-medicate yourself. Yeah, and he had that so, work ethic, too, where he thought, like, that was like a badge of honor to work sick. Or right. Hurt. So he well, always you know, was fucking you know, committed to it, which makes his not showing up for that event like a really big deal. Right. Because he didn't do that, you, you know. You, you don't want to lose. If you're getting a push like in the WWE, the last thing you want to do is get injured, be out of commission, because you're going to lose that push. You're going to lose any momentum you had towards getting that title. Because that, that's the number one thing. You want to be pushed into that title. And, you know, at that time, he was um, being pushed, and he didn't want to be taken out. So, you know, what do you do? You you self-medicate. You take steroids. You do what you got to do. Right. Now, I'm sure that was probably the beginning stages of what probably, you know, transpired a couple years later. Right. Along, along with all the beatings he took, like, in New Japan, ECW. You know, all that had to lead up to to what transpired in, in in 2000, in 2000 was it 2007 seven, seven, yeah. yeah 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 what do you think you know? adam anything in addition to that yeah it I, I, like i said it a lot of people see wrestling and they go oh it's 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 scripted and of course it's scripted i think that's the difference between wrestling then and wrestling now right is that there's a there was a kayfabe then like people People kept storylines like Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth were married, right? Right. You know, right. So they 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 carried that on, um, and it's it's just different now. Uh, they didn't drug test then, you know. They do now. Uh, they're more strict than NFL and NBA and right. everything else. But that's a completely different topic. Yeah, for sure. So, and I think it's interesting. You know, we'll talk about it a little more, but. This head injury thing is just like we, Chris. We talk about this shit all the time. Oh, that the head injury on, thing on almost sure. every fucking episode we do about a serial killer. There's some sort of head trauma. hit by a swing. Mm-hmm. And this rock, is extreme. Whatever. You know, getting hit his, with the fucking chair, was... fucking headbutting, fucking from the constantly fucking, a fucking six foot, eight foot fucking ladder. I mean, wow. I mean, that's just crazy shit. Night after fucking night, and obviously, God only knows how many concussions the guy had. You know. And they said they don't even know. He don't. They don't even know if a doctor even ever diagnosed him with a concussion. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know he had him. Sure if he was right. if he was ever diagnosed with a concussion and how long. Wow. You know if he had one. He was he was, you know, wrestling and and taking these beatings while with a concussed head. You know what the fuck? Yeah, it's fucking insane. You man. know you can't. It's crazy. Yeah, now he wrestled in his final match on June 19, 2007, where he defeated Elijah Burke uh, to see who was going to be in the ECW World Championship at Vengeance on on June 24th. Uh, Now, Benoit missed the house shows, saying that his wife and son were vomiting blood due to food poisoning. And then when he failed to show up for the pay-per-view event, everybody knew something was going on. Viewers were told he was dealing with a family emergency, and then Johnny Nitro fought in his place, and then actually became the champion. So I'm sure that had to, yeah. you know, 
and I'm obviously sure, would have upset I'm sure him everybody under thought circumstances. that I'm sure, sure people thought that was probably part of the scripted out part oh, of sure. it. Oh, sure. I would have sure. thought that. You know, oh, yeah, you know, he's conveniently in a family right, emergency. Right. You know? fucking, that's fucking... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy because, of course, that would have been the last thing anybody would have thought. This guy was a big family guy. Right. Hated to be on the road all the time. Missed his family. Always talked about it. Right. So very, very out of character. Now, at his home in Lafayette, Georgia, uh, the WWE requested a wellness check, and they couldn't get a hold of him uh, from the police when they didn't hear. Um, not like him, obviously, to not show up for a match. This guy was a true professional. Um, well, he was, he was, um, I, I researched, he was, he was starting to give cryptic messages to, um, certain employees of the WWE, like, yeah, you know, by, by, by dogs here, the garage is here, right? The garage is this unlocked. Is the dogs are in the back or stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So multiple people got that message. Right. So that was very odd. Um, very, very odd. And so that's when they found the bodies of Benoit, his wife Nancy, and their seven-year-old son, awful, uh, Daniel. So police determined that over a three-day period, Benoit bound his wife, strangled her, then drugged Daniel with Xanax and strangled him before killing himself by hanging. And I read the description of that yeah, with one of his weight machine? machines or some shit where he broke his they, fucking neck. They actually looked on his internet browser history. Oh, yeah. He looked up, yeah, he was how, looking up to, how to, fucking kill to the, quickest the quickest way to snap a neck. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Now, on the same day, uh, WWE canceled the three-hour Raw show and aired a tribute to Benoit. Uh, once the details of the incident were made known, the WWE tried to distance themselves uh, by no longer offering his merchandise or even mentioning him at all. Yeah, I didn't mention his shit Which is all, pretty dude. crazy. Um, and from what I heard in researching, it sounds like a fucking PR nightmare. I mean, oh, yeah. What was that like, Adam? I mean... I, I remember watching this because it wasn't... that the, the, the wrestling community lost several wrestlers kind of back to back to back. Uh, one of them was another guy that came with him, Eddie Guerrero. And... Uh, they 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 always do a nice tribute, you know, to the wrestler that passed away. They right, put his right. name up in a picture, and they ring the bell ten times, and it's 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 very nice. But the very next week, I mean, they 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 took everything off of their websites. There's still nothing on their website with Chris wow. Benoit. God uh, damn. They, I can hear the train in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they scrubbed the WWE E20. network, which is like Netflix. Right. For for wrestling fans, they've completely scrubbed it of anything Chris Benoit. Now his matches are still on there, but they don't show it in like any of the blurbs or previews before. Right, that, right. You know, okay. before any of that. But wow. um, yeah, they don't. They've completely distanced themselves from the entire yeah. the entire thing. Well, and, I can and rightfully why. so. You know, it's a fucking awful thing, and I'm sure it didn't make them look good that he had all these concussions. Right. Like you said, no fucking doctor even looked at him. I mean, right. God and, damn. And, you and, know? and they didn't... He was one of those wrestlers that... Like, like uh, CK was saying, you, you don't say that your head hurts, or you don't say that your ankle hurts, right. because then you're kind of labeled as a complainer, and they... Don't push you. They don't want you. They don't right. want to. They don't want to push you to the top. They don't want to give you a, a championship. And if you have a championship, you're making more money. You're on TV right. more. Selling right. more merch. Right. Um, so you just 
you just didn't complain about that stuff, and you, you wrestled could even five do or a six rap times. album with Le'Veon Bell. You, you could, or Macho could. Man. Macho Man had a rap album. <laughs> Fuck Le'Veon Bell, motherfucker. <laughs> had him on my fantasy team this year. My first fucking pick. What a douchebag, man. I'm a douchebag for fucking picking him. Well, I didn't fucking know. God damn it. Um, toxicology showed Nancy had Xanax, hydrocodone, hydromorphone. I think that's how you pronounce that. Right. Uh, inner system, a bunch of shit. Uh, inner system, but all were at normal levels. So it was like prescription stuff. Like it was supposed to be cool. Not like she got overdosed. Yeah, it wasn't an drugs or whatever. Now, Daniel had Xanax in his system. So it was believed that Benoit sedated him before he strangled him. Maybe he like look in, in his yeah. eyes. Right. I'm sure that would have to be it, or maybe to hope that it wouldn't hurt him, you know, as much. Right. I don't know. I mean, it's just fucking it's so awful. Fucked. Obviously, wasn't thinking right, but it's just terrible. Um, now, Benoit also had Xanax, hydrocodone, and elevated levels of testosterone. Uh, the medical examiner believed that that was from a deficiency from excessive steroid use over the years. So, hard to say there. Um, now, a lot of people, you know, that I was reading when I was looking about the, you know, reading about this was the whole roid rage. And yeah, yeah. As a non-wrestling fan myself, that's what I assumed it was before I researched this. Had no idea about all the other stuff. Um, and so, really, there was no indication that that had anything to do with this at all. Um, because after the incident, Adam, I know we talked about this, he was contacted or the father of Benoit was contacted by uh, Christopher Nowinski, mm -hmm. a wrestler, a former wrestler, and he suggested that they actually, you know, look at his brain and see and what see his what brain happened. was like. Yeah. You know, which is an interesting thing. Again, at that time, you know, a little bit before you started to hear it a lot in the NFL and stuff, and they did some tests. And CK, I know we talked about this the other day. They found as University of West Virginia. I mean, really bad. Um, it was it was like the worst case of brain damage and, and Alzheimer's that they've seen. Yeah, it's like an eighty-five year you old know, Alzheimer's patient. Eighty-five year old man. So he so he started to lose all most of the functions of his brain at that time. Yeah, and I mean, you know, that's, obviously, wasn't think clearly. No, not at all. It's four former at the time, four former NFL players had also sank into depression and did things to hurt themselves or others. Same type of shit. Repetitive head injury. Um, and it's amazing, Chris, how many times we've mentioned yeah, this. Yeah, talking thing. about the head injuries, like I said, all the fucking time. Yeah, I mean, we've gone through it, man. Gacy, fucking Ramirez, Lucas Henry Lee Hall. Lucas, your boy Pee Wee Gaskins, <laughs> <laughs> and so many more. I don't know about Ricky Casso, did he? I don't know. I don't recall. <laughs> he fucking that. dropped acid he, like. Oh, fucking... he fucked his head up with drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I did hear that he was apparently very paranoid. Um, about people following him to the gym or the airport, took different routes. Now, Adam, you yeah. were listening to the guys on the last podcast on the left, and they had brought up something interesting. Yeah, they had uh, said that maybe he had had an, enough head injuries that he just forgot the way he normally took, and he would just take different routes because there are, you know, a hundred different ways to Chicago. Right. So... He, maybe, maybe this he is was the way I thought I was literally yeah, forgetting. Maybe he said that as a cover-up, like, I'm worried people are following. I don't know. I mean, right. I'm just throwing out ideas. Right, right. It's an interesting concept, though, that that could be that he legit didn't remember how he got to the gym yep. every day. So he took 20 different ways to get mm -hmm. there, you know. Hard to say, um, but definitely very, very bizarre. 
Um, and, you know, that's CK, you know, what probably was, you know, like the beginning of the end with that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to think you, you got a, a mind of an 85 year old or probably older in a body of, you know, a, a fucking like giant 40. I think he was 40 when he died. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so just think about it. So he doesn't know. Basically, his, his mind was gone, and but he still had the strength. So Right. That's scary. You know. Yeah. And now the, the conspiracy theories are many. I mean, the main one is Kevin Sullivan, another wrestler. And he was previously married to Benoit's wife, Nancy. Now, this is fucked up, Adam. Cause it we is. The storyline on that is so yeah, fucked, dude. Yeah, because he came up with a storyline of his own that his wife was messing around with Benoit. Right. Yeah. So, so then they're like putting him in hotel yeah, rooms. Yeah, so much together. of the fact they were making yeah. him stay in hotel rooms. Yeah, and, and then wondering right. why it actually fucking and happened. That happens a lot. Like <sighs> they try to intertwine real relationships, even to this into day. Into the wrestling, yeah. Into wrestling. And yeah. it always backfires. It always yeah, backfires. That's fucked up. Yeah. I, Definitely would not be fucking game like for- Triple H in China. They were they were dating for the for years and Triple H in the storyline married Stephanie McMahon you spend enough time with people <laughs> sure you, boys and girls are just going to get attracted to each other right. over time so yeah. it, that kind of stuff just happens man yeah so I, I wouldn't want to be Kevin Sullivan and putting my because I don't know if you've seen pictures of him but he's yeah. not not the most attractive guy no he's and right. putting him yeah. in a no. hey take my wife <laughs> and, and go Kevin, into this Kevin, hotel Kevin room <laughs> Kevin Sullivan he's, he's a he's a He's a strange dude to begin with anyway, but... Yeah, he was not very well-liked, I know, Adam, you he, were telling me. He wasn't. He was one of these tenure-over-talent guys. Yeah. So somebody came in that was pretty green. Uh, he, he he would take their spots because he had been around longer. <laughs> right, right. You know, and even though that wrestler may have been, you know, better. But he he didn't like putting other other people over. But he had lots of, of weird gimmicks yeah, and I mean, masked Lucifer. Yeah, so people think that he yeah. might have been involved. Maybe he actually murdered. I don't know. I mean, that's definitely far fetched. Um, there was a neighbor though that said that they saw somebody in black clothing leave the residence. So again, that kind of perpetuates that maybe Kevin Sullivan had something to do with it. I don't know. Um, the one ridiculous thing, which is like the staple. For all these fucking wingnut, the Illuminati, the Illuminati. <laughs> I mean, give me a fucking break. And then uh, they didn't mention it here, but I, I know I've mentioned this before on the show that I belonged to the Masonic at one time, the Masonic Lodge in Bloomington, right? And I was only in there for two or three years. But that's always cracks me up when it's the Freemasons. It's like a bunch of retired dudes it's that have ham and bean suppers on Tuesday night. <laughs> I mean, give me a fucking break, hey, man. Who doesn't it's like ham and nothing beans? Nothing like what you're thinking <laughs> this is. You know? Some nefarious organization going out into the night and stealing baby. I mean, right, it's fucking right, Yeah, it's fucked. So that shit just is so stupid. Um, but I thought it was funny uh, to read it. And then the one that was weird, though, was the dude on Wikipedia... Yeah. That said Nancy was dead. dead. Before the death. Yeah. yeah. So they were talking to him like, dude, what the fuck? And I guess what do you know, a, motherfucker. A weird coincidence? Yeah. I, that's kind of one of those 
unexplained, ex- unexplainable yeah. things. Like how did how did he know? Well, he said but, it was because he heard that Benoit didn't show up and that they were sick. Right. So that maybe she. So got, he just went and changed the fucking. Yeah, he Wikipedia. went on Wikipedia, which is why you definitely don't want to use Wikipedia. Right. For your be all end all. For, right. For definitely. anything, because you try to at least fact check it uh, the best you can. The downside is Wikipedia is so fucking ridiculously convenient because right? <laughs> right. it does kind of summarize shit with links and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nice, but you got to watch it because a lot of that stuff could For be sure. just some mm-hmm. douche like that fucking changing the shit when he doesn't even know what's up. So, um, anything else anybody want to add uh, about this incident? I mean, definitely a horrible thing and. I think myself that the repetitive head injury thing has got to be the fucking yeah. reason. It damages brain so fucking much. That's why he had all that dementia looking shit. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. The chemical balances are off. just perpetuated it. Yeah. And then there's no way. I mean, as close as he was with his son. And right. His, I he mean, was, come on. That's just awful. He was, he was a very well respected and liked wrestler in the locker right. room. He usually played a heel. On on TV, oh, okay. he was he so he he played the bad guy, but um, he was always cheered because he was he was so good. He was one of those those characters that could get over being a bad guy but be good, kind That's of a Stone awesome. Cold right. Steve Austin type thing. Right. A, def- a definite competitor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Definite competitor. But uh, apparently he he'd get into some screaming matches with his. Uh, with his wife and stuff, and everybody knew there was issues back home, but I don't think that anybody knew that, that it would it was, go that It had escalated no. to the degree yeah. that it had. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, I mean, just the fact I was I was reading between the last forty years was some like fifty wrestlers who took their own lives. Wow. Yeah, it's um, that's bad. So, you know, so. You know, I'm sure those wrestlers were going through the same thing Ben Wise, except his his was to the degree that with the brain damage, he just you know besides killing himself, he just took it a step further and just took his whole family out. Yeah. I don't think there was any conspiracy. I think he just flipped one day and that was it. And fortunately, you know, the worst camp he had, thing happened. Um, he was sick. He was he had he had the damage and. I just don't think he knew what he was doing. I mean, he did to an extent, but right. I, I, you know, well, with the condition of his brain, yeah, he just was completely, you know, yeah. overwrought with fucking dementia and knew nothing about reality, and that's just really sad. But like I was saying, you know, with the NFL players, you know, Junior Seau killed himself. You know, there was that one dude that showed up to the stadium with a Kansas gun. Kansas City. That was that's fucked Kansas up. City. I mean. This shit happens, and this repetitive head injury thing, I think, is really the cause for all of this stuff. These serial killers, a lot of them, the NFL guys, um, any extreme type sport where you're mm-hmm. getting fucking whopped in the head, boxing. I mean, that can't be fucking good either. You know? Look at Muhammad Ali right, right now. Dude. Yeah, Parkinson's and, and all that. It's just terrible, man. And this was this was about the time that WWE started addressing a wellness program. Right. Because, like I was saying before, Vince McMahon changed it from sports to sports entertainment. That way right. he didn't have to drug test right. his, his wrestlers because it was a big steroid scandal right. with Hulk Hogan and everything. Um, so... That was kind of their their way around it. Now they they do drug test everybody. Now that's a full time employee, even though they're considered independent uh, contractors. Every their contracts are exclusive to WWE, but they're independent wrestlers. Right. So if something happens inside the ring, they're covered. 
they've also told anybody that's a, a pat, anybody that's wrestled in a WWE ring now can get uh, medical treatment. Uh, they can go to drug rehab all on the WWE. That's, so that's, that's saved that's the good, lives yeah. of like Jake the Snake Roberts, Razor Ramon. Uh, there, there's several wrestlers that have have taken that from you know that's that true. opportunity that, well, to, to better that's themselves. Cool, they do that sure, shit. Man. Yeah, yeah. That's that's terrible to have that happen. I mean, no matter what you're doing. And obviously now it's a lot different than it was back then. Absolutely. Now next time we're going to be doing the murder segment on the murder bilia industry, Chris. And that's all yeah, about it, man. Selling some murder stuff, some skull fragments, and some fucking <laughs> some peewee gaskin hair, some uh, washers that only one of them was his. <laughs> right, right. Some toenail clippings. Yeah, that's fucking all kinds gross of nasty shit. shit. <laughs> um, so we're going to have a discussion on those who profit from the murder industry. And the controversy, of course, that follows. And we did a really good interview, Chris. Yeah, with William. William Fuck Harder. Yeah, He's all about it. Psycho Killer Bobbleheads, Murder Auction, Satan Central. Um, he's a very interesting guy. He's Super had a lot of fucking experiences. Death Row fucking you know, visits and stuff. Just very interesting. Uh, so we did like almost a 50-minute interview with him. And then last weekend, Bob Weiss, owner of Shaker Cigar Bar in Milwaukee. Did the interview. Bob does the uh, Cream City Cannibal, the Dahmer tour, which is really cool. We did that when we were up there. And then the Hangman tours at Shaker's, which we did as well. Yes, we did. That was uh, awesome. Jenny and I going up there on Memorial Day weekend. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, taking that tour, going back to fucking Milwaukee um, and talk about their contribution to that murder billion industry. And Bob's got some very interesting takes as only Bob can tell <laughs> Right, you. right, yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, so. yeah, Bob's a great dude, man. Hell Love yeah. talking to him. And so we're going to get uh, a very interesting look at that subject. So now, CK, I know you got you... some fucking metal up, up your sleeves here. So uh, we're about yes, ready to get our fucking, what are we going to do, Let's Chris? get our fucking metal on, homie. Fuck yeah. All right, let's do it. Fuck yeah, man. Some West Coast metal, some heathen. CK, we still got you on the uh, Skype call. You doing all right over there? I'm doing good. Hanging in there. Segment number two, brother. Nice, Fuck nice. Yeah, Danbury, Connecticut, all the way. CK and Adam Hall still sticking around here for the metal segment. What's up? I'm still here. You're still I'm here? Still hanging. Yeah. <laughs> he got a little scared, though, of the did. fucking mask, man. Well, I walked in. I was really proud of my Luchador Rey Mysterio mask, and CCK immediately snatched it off my head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he wasn't having that he wasn't shit. Having it. No, he wasn't. So that was, that was fucking great. Um, so, CK, you thought, since we're due, we did this feature on Chris Benoit, that the obvious choice for the metal segment would be what? Uh, air supply. Air supply. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Now we're talking, man. That's all, fucking hilarious. All out of fucking love, man. <laughs> no. Uh, we're going to do, um, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about some Fozzie. Nice. Nice. Well, of course, uh, there's an obvious tie-in with this, so that's that's that was a great choice, I thought. Um, give you a little background on Fozzie. Fozzie was um, 
originally was a side project of, of Rich Ward, who um, is the guitarist of Stuck Mojo. Um, if nobody's heard of Stuck Mojo, they were signed to Century Media Records. They're still around today. I um, like them. I like them. Yeah, they were a heavy core band yeah, too. Yeah. They were good dudes, man. They're um they're they're a different sounding band. They they, they got the they kind of sound like early Machine Head with singer Bones. He was kind of like didn't he kind of rap but not rapped. But they were a pretty fucking heavy band. Um, and at that time they were the biggest selling Central Media Records band at the time. Huh. Um, so Rich Ward had this idea of doing a side project called Fozzie Fosborn. Fozzie Fosborn. Oh, okay. That's fucking hilarious. I always wondered where they got it from. <laughs> that was the original name. Um, the whole idea was, wasn't supposed to be serious. So it was a couple guys, you know, one or two members from Stuck, a um, couple members from other bands just to go out, play gigs, do covers, and have some fun to go blow off steam. That's cool. Um, they put out an album called Rising in early 2000 and somehow it got cross promoted with wcw um rich ward became friends with um chris jericho the wrestler chris jericho another canadian um friends with he was actually friends with benoit wrestled with him in ecw and all that oh right. fuck yeah um um they became friends now jericho is a huge metalhead always was always what will be um, he used to sing in bands when he was a teenager, you know, so besides being a wrestler, a hockey player and, and singing in bands, he was a huge metalhead. He's definitely not a poser. He knows his, he knows his metal knowledge. Um, so they decided to, you know, put this Fozzie thing together and just, you know, go and blow off steam and, and do some, do some gigs playing um, cover tunes. Um, they kind of got kind of big and, and, and the scene and they actually got signed to Megaforce Records. Oh, wow. Now, the first record was all covers. And what they did was they had all they, they came up with the idea of this documentary to, to, to promote the album. And they each had um, they weren't called by the real names like like um, Rich Ward was called a Duke. Chris Jericho Carroll was called um what the fuck was his name? Was um, God damn it! Hold on. <laughs> you got to go in the encyclopedia. Is he yeah. doing the back doing of your it like the documentary, brain. like Spinal Tap and shit? <laughs> hey, I, I'm out. Okay, I just got out of hospital. Dude, no, I'm fucking <laughs> no, 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 blown good, away at how you remember all this shit. No fucking uh, notes. I got to have notes in front of me, and this motherfucker's just spouting off dates, yeah, fuck, months, dude. fucking. The fucking VIN number of his fucking car. I'm like, God damn. Okay. Mongoose McQueen. That was, that was Mongoose. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and, um, that's good. And another member was called like K.K. Flame. So the whole idea was they, they had this gimmick where they were signed in Japan and they did a documentary and they brought into Japan. This record, this record company signed them. They wrote all these songs, you know, like Crazy Train, um, all, all these you no know, well-known metal songs by by Scorpions, Priest, Maiden, and the whole idea was the the, the record company went out of business, and to pay off debt, they had to sell these songs to their bands. Oh, okay. So, so the whole <laughs> the whole thing was 
was they were stuck in Japan. They actually wrote all these all these well known songs. They put out the album, and those were supposedly their songs. Oh, right, right, okay. okay. So they got like fucked over, basically. <laughs> right, right. Oh, okay. And, and the whole idea was they're coming back to America to expose everybody that these are oh, their songs. Nice. <laughs> that's oh, that's a pretty good you know, idea, man. Yeah. Nice. And um, the whole thing was, you know, Jericho. He had he had fun with this because he never. People would say it was he if he was performing. People would call him Chris Jericho. Goes, I don't know who the fuck that is. Huh. Who's who's Chris Jericho? Chris who? <laughs> he, they would all stay in character. Queen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He was staying in character, exactly. And um, they put out that first album, was self-titled. It was actually, you know, a decent album. It had some um, had some cool tunes on. It had um, God, let me think of what it had. It had um, Stay Hungry, The Prisoner, um, Over the Mountain, Blackout, Nice, um, Riding the Wind. Fuck yeah, some nice classic fucking metal, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, and, and they actually did a good job with it. Rich Ward's a really great guitarist. Um, he's accomplished. He, he knows his shit. Um, they came out with a second album called Happenstance, and that one was half covers, and they started to get more into to, um, original tunes. Um, at this time, Stuck Mojo was kind of going on a hiatus. So between wrestling and, and, and this, it's almost, almost a full-time band. Um, they're actually cranking out some albums. They had um, 2005, they came out with their first All Originals album, All That Remains, which is a fucking great heavy album. Um, it's just a great traditional metal album. Um, at that time, they were signed to, to, to small independent um, they were off Megaforce at that time. Um, 2010, they came out with another great album, Chasing the Grail. Um, they started touring at this point, um, actually getting you know some airplay, and um, and um, we're we're starting to gain momentum, and um, you know they, they um at that time they they had some. You know, they had Rich Ward in the band, Frank Frontiers here, and um, Billy Gray and Randy Drake playing at that time. Um, 2012, they signed the Century Media Records. So that was like a big jump. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm sure. Definitely, yeah. Production-wise, too, I'm sure. You know, you know you're know, you going – yeah, Century Media is a, is a independent label, but, you know, they got a push behind them. Right. Um, you know, so at this time, they're almost like – full-time band um i know i believe at this time jericho was was wrestling when he wanted to um he really wasn't doing uh, he was really only doing a couple house shows here and there. he wasn't doing any really main events that's what he wanted to do um he was starting to do um a serious xm show at that time um starting a, a podcast so he's branching out and getting more into the music scene and a little bit more in wrestling um I think that's when you guys. I think that's when you guys played with them. Was in 2012, wasn't it, or was it 2014? That, that would have been right in that time frame because we were done in 2016. So that would have been yeah, right, somewhere yeah. around there. And they were really good. I mean, uh, we played that night and it was cool. And then Adam, I know you had a funny 
quick run in with Jericho yeah, one time was, you were talking about. What it was, was the that? only time that I've I, I was in a band, and it was the only time that he and I crossed paths. We uh, we actually snuck into a festival in Chicago, the Uproar Festival. <laughs> we drove to the back gate, and our the the guy comes up with his piece of paper and goes who are you guys and i said we're ario speedwagon we need to be back there and he goes all right go ahead and go through <laughs> <the fuck> out <laughs> here. And we went and we literally parked w- with all these tour buses and we had this like 89 dodge van and this like six foot trailer <laughs> and we go back there and i knew that fozzy was getting ready to go up and uh, so i just hung out backstage because i hadn't seen fozzy and i'm looking out at this crowd of like twenty thousand people and out of the corner of my eye i see this guy and he walks down, he's just walking in the back alley, just like he walks down the ramp at a WWE show. <laughs> no he just had this swagger. <laughs> and you think these wrestlers are huge, and he's not. He's a little taller than I am. That's um, fucking crazy. And he comes over, and I was like, hey, man, do you mind if I get a pic- quick picture with you real quick? And he's like, sure, man. We take a quick picture, and no shit. Ten seconds later, he runs up on stage and just lets out this, wow! And he... Screamed his lungs out for an hour. It That's was awesome. awesome. It was, yeah. he. It's it's hard to be successful in one thing, right? And he's been successful in several. He's a you know an author. You know, New York does Times bestseller. He does the podcast. Very popular podcast. So he's but yeah. but he. I, I read one of his books and it talks about him struggling through that century media. You know, Megaforce era because right. he was used to getting a whole bunch of money. Oh, he sure. quit He's WWE. Dealing with indie labels, there's not a whole and, lot of money. He was like, I, he was like, I couldn't pay for everything, right? You know, because I was taken away from my family. So he was sleeping on the floors of the vans. Yeah. You know? Well, when so, we played with him, they had a, a pretty decent bus, but uh, but yeah, I didn't get to see him. He was on the bus. He came out to play, and then he went back on the bus. But the band was real nice. Yep. The crew was really cool. Very good. Uh, very professional, uh, pretty decent crowd too. Mm-hmm. I think it was an off night. It wasn't like a Friday or Saturday, right, right. if I remember right. So, so yeah, that was uh, that was cool. Anything uh, more you want to add on Fozzie, CK? Yeah, I mean they they they, they have um, two more albums out too. They have um, Do You Want to Start a War in 2014, and he just came out Jude a couple years ago. Um, you know, so they're putting out albums consistently, and and you know, it's like it's like you're saying. He's not making he's not making much money from this, so he's he's definitely doing it for the love of music. So right, you know I got to give him props. You know, you know he's not a poser. He's no, a true metalhead. You know, you know, and um, they're they're I just love them. They're a great band. You know, they they rock. I I dig them. Yeah, I mean they're, cool. they're they're a little bit. I mean, a little more hard rock than metal now these days. But, right, yeah, yeah. They, they, they've had a couple you of know, singles hit mainstream radio this, yeah. on their last, yeah. last record. Yeah, it's they just, not something I would listen to, like, routinely. But when I was listening to a few clips to pick something to play tonight uh, on the, after we're done with this, I was actually surprised that it was yeah. as, as, it was a little heavier than I was expecting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's like a hard rock thing, and nothing wrong with that at all. They definitely fucking kick ass and... Like you said, Adam, the dude could fucking do that many things. That's pretty fucking impressive. Fucking yeah. A, dude. So that's really cool, man. Yeah, he's a, he's a pretty accomplished guy. Plus, he used to play hockey, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. His dad Jesus. was in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Fucking beast. You know. He's kind of like a renaissance man, I guess. I would say yeah. so, a little bit. That's pretty yeah. cool. Now, speaking about fucking kick-ass, CK, I don't know if you saw on Facebook... But our buddies in Indestructible Noise Command, INC, were officially FTA. added to the yeah, full yeah, terror FTA. assault. 
Southern Illinois, September 6th, 7th, and 8th. That's going to be a sick fucking lineup, man. Damn. I'm still listening to that new album. That new album is, I think it's probably the best one that came out this year. It's amazing. I'm actually going to talk to Eric and see if it would be cool to use one of the songs for our uh, podcast commercial. So I want to use one of the new songs on the commercial we're going to do. So it's going to be cool, man. I got my GoPro back and it's working good, so we're gonna shoot a little uh, Murder Metal Mayhem commercial. So you guys are hearing this for the first time. Be a video commercial. We're gonna do a few different versions of it, play some different tunes, and it should be pretty kick ass to help promote the podcast because things are really fucking picking up. And, gonna be uh, fucking sweet. Want to try to fucking get on this shit? Um, now and we're gonna be working on the book. Yeah, we got our book uh, CK that we're gonna start putting together. We, yep. We've mentioned this already, but we are actually, um, I actually finished, uh, well, two of the three things I had to write, I'm done, so I'd be able to show you guys what I've done, but uh, for those of you that are new to hearing this, we're talking about, we're going to do um, an activity book. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, like a child's yeah. activity book. Yeah, like book. you could yeah, color, cool. you could color like Chris Shawback, you know, that'd Fuck be kind of cool. Yeah. Or me, search. my big Fuck ass bald head, uh, or CK throwing up the horns. And uh, we're going to have some word searches in there. I'm thinking about CK, a couch fucker word search. So, oh, God. yeah, so that's what I'm talking about. I mean, this is not going to be like, because we're talking about calling it the coffee table book you should never put anywhere near a coffee table. Right, yeah, yeah. And then the picture of it is going to be our feet up on a coffee table with like moldy food and cigarette butts. Looking like like Beavis and Butthead. Pretty much, pretty much. So that's the name of it. And we got Dathan who did the the caricatures of us. Uh, He's doing all the artwork, so that's going to be fun. And then, Chris, you're going to do the murder murder part. part. And then, CK, of course, you're going to do metal. And then I'm going to do Mayhem. And then I got a little intro and outro I'm going to do. And uh, there you go. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fucking awesome. (laughs) We'll keep you guys posted about this. But it's going to be really fun to do together. So this will be great. And look it for sometime maybe late summer, early fall by the time we get it all together and out. So we'll keep everyone posted. Now this Sunday, CK, don't be jealous. I'm going to see Overkill and Death yeah, Angel <laughs> in St. Louis with my son Joe. Should be kicked yeah, ass. Be yeah, he's been jamming the new Death Angel. He always has this thing where he doesn't like to hear any songs from a new album until the album is out. You know? Oh, so he won't like listen to the fucking no, he track won't. drops and no, shit. No, he won't. So, That's but he's fucking... forced to. Because he knows they're probably going to play some of the newer right, ones. Right. Oh, yeah. So he so wants, he wants to, to hear yeah, them. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah it's yeah, fucking the, killer. The, album's not, the actual the album's not coming out until the end of this month, actually. Yeah, kind of weird timing for that. But I guess yeah, they yeah. got added to Overkill. They're probably like, fuck it, let's go. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah I, got, sure. um, I, got some new, I got some new releases coming up. Yeah, nice. what do you got, yeah. dude? Um, next Friday, a week from this Friday, big fucking day, Arch Matthews. Oh, nice. Yeah, I saw they put another song up to listen to. The 30-year return of Possessed. Yeah. Now, that's that's one I'm definitely fucking... Both of those I want to hear big time. I heard another new tune. It sounds like classic Possessed. Nice, nice. Uh, May 10th, Warcraft, which includes members of Exhorter, 
Yeah, see, I got a problem with those dudes, though. They fucking didn't send me my shirt. Remember that? I'm still fucking bitching about it. I ordered a fucking shirt, and they never sent it to me. And the dude got all mad at me. He got mad at me when I brought it up. He said I should have never brought it up. Dude, no, it's okay. But I'm just saying, like, you could like War Curse. Anybody yet, they kick ass. But motherfuckers owe me a shirt. So if you're listening... Send me a fucking shirt, dude. I ordered shirt? this shit, man. It was like last fall I ordered it, man. Yeah, I'm getting totally dissed. So I'm plugging these motherfuckers that burn me on a shirt. But go ahead. <laughs> uh, Mar- May 31st, Death Angel. Fuck yeah. Uh, May 10th, a band called Abnor- Abnormality. Um, Abnormality. Death Metal, yeah, really they're fucking great awesome, man. Um. June 14th, we got New Baroness. Oh, this yeah. Friday, we have New Ringworm from Cleveland coming out. Dude, nice. Ringworm's sick it's there. Brutal, it's a brutal hardcore. Yeah, Ringworm's going to uh, be at FTA. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I did yeah. see them on the list. And some um, Amon or Marth this, this Friday coming out. Yes, nice. I've seen that. That's nice. coming out. Fucking yeah, a lot of good metal, I'm, man. That's great. And if nobody has gotten a new Elysian yet, pick it up. Yeah, you were talking about that. Fuck yeah, dude. Sick. Fuck yeah. Well, that sounds like a good fucking time, man. Plenty of shit to listen to. And of course, we're constantly turning people on to shit. So it's fucking escapes me why we can't get a fucking label to get a hold of us. We have been plugging the living piss. We've been nuclear blast tonight. Metal Blade to fucking death. You're wearing a fucking Metal Blade shirt in every fucking picture. Metal Blade, we love you guys. We're not dissing you. But fucking answer your emails, man. Like, Come on, Brian Slade. Give us some right, yeah, We want to promote your bands. I mean, I'm sorry that we want to help the cause. So fucking get a hold metal, of them. man. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, Jesus. I don't know how many times I've emailed these guys. Like, <laughs> I want to do interviews with your bands. Promote the tours you got coming up. New releases. Plug in the fuck out of it already. I'll plug it more. But We're doing it for free. And I'm not even getting an answer. So whatever, guys. We're getting like fucking. We, this week we had eighteen hundred fucking listens. So it's, hey, well, when it's we your loss, like guys. <laughs> when we get up to five hundred thousand listens, we'll see who's coming knocking to the door. That's right. That's right. <laughs> then we'll only take the most obscure random labels. That'd be so. fucked. Like, <laughs> like up your ass records. There you go. Fuck your, fuck, fuck that, that ass, ass record, yeah, yeah. Joey Cashman. Yeah. So FTA. FTA. Big time. Well, I gotta give. I got to give thanks to Joey Cashman for sending me out the new Gormon. He sent that. Fuck nice. yeah, dude. Nice. You listen to it? Oh, it's killer. Yeah. yeah what, do you, what do you think of uh, the, the intro, not the intro, the uh, intermission? The Kaya's, oh, I love it. The Kaya's poem. Yeah, that's my daughter. I got to check that shit, out. Dude. Yeah. I got to check that out. That's my daughter heard. doing the vocals on it and shit, too. So. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, very cool, CK. We're going to keep you over. For mayhem, of course. And real quick, I just do yeah, want to ahead, say dude. that the boys in chalk are recording, and they say they're going to have a new song. They're going to have songs posted up very fucking soon to be yeah. able to check out. So the stuff I've been hearing from Pete is fucking ridiculous. Oh my god, he been sending you shit. He sent me some He's, scratch shit, so I haven't dude, heard anything final, but it sounds really good. Shit man. sounds fucking good. As yeah, fuck. the quality of it is excellent. So yeah. definitely up for some new chalk. So hell yeah, is dude. Meister killing it? 
Oh, oh yeah, big time. Just murder. He's a fucking angry boy, man. He is so an angry boy. <laughs> <laughs> he is so I'm angry. He should be wearing a mask. I guess. I taught him well in low 12. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he was a, he was a worthy uh, adversary in low 12, and I, I knew he was going to do great with this, so now they kill it, man. Hell, yeah. So, all right, well, CK, we're going to take a little intermission. We're going to jam some fucking Fozzie. And we'll see you on the other side for some mayhem. And Adam, thank you again for thank sticking around. For yeah, thank you, Adam. It was great to have you on for the Good wrestling. Times. Good yeah. times. And talking some Fozzie and some Jericho. So Hell yeah. Very, thank very you guys cool. for having me. I had a good time. Fuck yeah, yeah man. Mayhem time next. Hi, thanks for calling Couch Fucker Upholstery Cleaning. How can we help you today? Yeah, I just had my goddamn couch and love seat cleaned by your goddamn crew today. I came home, sat down, and fuck! There was semen all over my goddamn couch. It was running all over the place, all over my floor. What the fucking fuck? Well, sir, your wife ordered the semen clean service where we have our crew thoroughly fuck your couch, leave a huge load of semen between the cushions, and depending on how many guys are on the crew, it could turn into a regular couch khaki. That's fucking disgusting. And my wife ordered that shit? What the fuck? Yes, Mr. Drayman. She has your account set up to have that done monthly. We've been doing this for 13 months now. Thank you for your business. Is there anything else we can do for you today? <coughs> 13 fucking months?! Oh my god! <laughs> fuck! God damn, fuck! <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. That fucking shit's so fucking hilarious, bro. Couch fucker <laughs> upholstery, man. Thanks for that's the sponsorship, yeah. guys. Fucking hell. Yeah, hey. that's fucking awesome, dude. So, CK, dude, you're still. Fucking Still killing here. it, dude. You're a fucking beast, man. I'm telling fucking you. Fucking wild man on wild man street. Totally, dude. Well, less, than, less than a week out of the fucking hospital. Yeah. I'm fucking killing it. Fuck You're yeah, in the dude. hospital. You scare everybody, okay? I'm <laughs> yeah. getting fucking text messages from your wife, and I'm freaking out. And you're just fucking throwing up the horns on the hospital bed. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And then you're telling me oh, I would have done the fucking episode from my bed if I had to. I'm like, God damn, dude, like, rest, rest. Fuck, I had, I had a private room, right? Yeah, you, you guys wouldn't have been bothered. That would have been, been crazy, man. That would have been nuts. So we yeah. got CK calling from the damn hospital. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all of a sudden, Kovacs, fucking flat lines and shit. To, no, <laughs> Mr. Kovacs, we need to take your. Uh, we need to give you some medication. Yeah, right? I'm doing a fucking no. podcast. <laughs> Can't you fucking see? God damn it! <laughs> Talking about possessed. Get the fuck out of here. I gotta give um, I gotta give Danbury Hospital props and they took great fucking care of me. That's awesome, awesome. awesome staff. That's awesome. good to hear, man. Awesome. awesome staff. Now you said your story though had to do with your experience. Yeah, at the yeah. hospital, and it had to do with the so, priest and the podcast. Yeah, there's there's one, there's one, there's like a couple. There's one kind of there's. <laughs> well, what what put me in the hospital to begin was was Sunday night after Easter night. I got up. I, I fucking lost all fucking bladder control, so I basically pissed my pants. Right, right. I had no Damn, control. Dude. Um, come to find out, there the tumors impinging on my spine. Which is 
and pinching on my bladder, so I had no bladder control. That sucks. So, needless to say, we go to the hospital. I'm there Sunday night, pretty much in the emergency until the morning. They admit me. And I'm, there's, there's actually two stories. They're both kind of funny. So they're giving me like steroids, they're giving me pain meds, and I got a fucking stomach ache. And I'm like, fucking stomach hurts. I'm like, well, it's probably the pain meds you haven't eaten yet. And I go, I don't think so. I got, I said, I got to stand up. <laughs> I said, can I stand up? They're like, yeah. I said, I think I, I, I said, I think I need to go to the bathroom. So the aide brings me to the bathroom. And I proceed to piss. And have you ever seen Austin Powers when he gets out of the um... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Pissing like a motherfucker. That was me. That was me. I could not Jesus stop Christ. Pissing. It just keeps going and going. <laughs> the age like, oh my God. I, go, I can't stop. Wow. <laughs> I'm going... I got hands on my hip. I'm trying. Like, <laughs> literally, I was had a little like like ten minutes. Hands God, on my hip. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, I man. come back out. Oh, I, oh, I, I, come, I come back out. My coach said, "Laura goes, you okay?" I go, "Well, I guess that's why I had a stomach ache." Right? You think? <laughs> Holy! Just like ten motherfuckers in there, man. I mean, what the fucking stop? I'm like, holy shit. That's fucking crazy. Piss. I'm like, I don't think I'm retaining piss anymore. <laughs> but either way, right now, I got I got control back to gaming. Um, five awesome. That's good. That's steroids. good. Wow. Um, so you're hitting fucking guys. home runs and shit, right? Now that you're on steroids. Oh, yeah. You're like Barry Bonds over there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rob fucking roid rage. Dude. Like, you better get off that shit. Dude. <laughs> You might fucking the Yankees might actually need CK now because right. they're fucking everybody's hurt. I mean, Jesus Christ! Yeah, but they're they're killing they're it. They're playing though. like a motherfucker. Though. I know nine out of ten or something like that. I mean, it's fucking unreal, dude. So and Wilkesbury Rail Riders, baby, big time. Triple A. God damn. So you had another so, story too. You said yeah. So I think it was Tuesday morning. There was. I decided I, Laura was there. We decided we we're going to you know, listen to some podcasts for for our, our podcast. So we're listening, and um. So you're listening to Murder listening Metal Mayhem. Yeah, in the, our, in our, the our, hospital. Okay, I'm just trying to get the, yeah, in the hospital. Okay, yep. nice. All right. So um, <laughs> you know, we're, I'm listening to the maiden one, and she's like, she goes, you know. Why do you say fuck so much? <laughs> you go, or the whole show, just, you mean? I go, it just comes out. I go, feel free to say fuck. As soon as I said, feel free to say fuck, a priest comes to the fucking door. <laughs> nice. nice. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. It wasn't the, it wasn't the abbot from Neenock Strange, was it? No, oh, no, that's no, good. no, no. That's good. Thank God. Because that wouldn't Thank be a God. good fucking visit, dude. I would have fucking shit myself. <laughs> so Hi, like, I'm Father Patrick Riley. Can I help you? <laughs> so he's like, I'm Father blah, blah. I don't even fucking know his name. Catholic priest, I know you're Catholic. He goes, can I do sacraments? Like, well, I guess you're going to need to now. After what you just heard, you started laughing. That's fucking great. <laughs> So, so, um, 
does attack him as he goes. He's leaving. He goes. By the way, feel free to say the f word. <laughs> nice, <laughs> for real. nice. That's awesome. <laughs> Murder metal mayhem converted a priest <laughs> dude, <laughs> to be cool yeah. with the f word. Yeah. Fuck oh, yeah, God. man. I like. I like what a coincidence! I'm listening to our podcast, right? And a fucking priest walks in. Wow, wow, wow! Listen to the Iron Maiden segment. That's, that's great. fucking great, man. <laughs> well, that's cool, man. The the priests know the deal, man. Even though they're kind of you know living a different lifestyle, yeah. maybe so to speak, um, they uh, indulge maybe a little bit on some. Yeah, you. That's fucking awesome. I'm so just I glad. Said, I'm just glad you can find humor in your, in know, your situation, dude. man. I mean, we're I fucking laughing, love it, dude. You're fucking dude, awesome. It's fucking amazing the way you just don't oh, give a shit, man. Dude, how how can you not? With all the shit I've been through, the only way I get through this is yeah, is laugh. And I got I got to make fun of it. I can't. I, I mean, I got so much shit going on, and and you know, I, I luckily I found a, a surgeon, or they found me a surgeon who deals with this tumor that I have in my sacrum. Right. Um, who's the expert in Rhode Island. So we're going to eventually go see him and see what he has to say. So, you know, I'm still, I'm still fighting. I'm still driving. I'm still fucking putting up the fight. And then I'll, I'll never stop fucking making fun of it. I'll never stop fighting. I'm, I'm going to fucking be myself. Fuck it. Fuck yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Fuck you it. got a fucking great attitude and inspiring. Hopefully our listeners, uh, picking up on, that kind of stuff. So, you know, when you bitch about, you know, I got a fucking, my back hurts or my shoulders hurting and shit. Deal Think about it. some shit like this because you've been through a lot and uh, it's definitely an admirable trait that you have and love having you on here. And it's fucking killer that we were able to get you on all fucking through the yeah. whole, whole time. Fucking I fucking time, love man. it, bro. It's fucking brutal, <laughs> man. Now we did I'm speak. Of- I'm still up. Yeah, big time. Now we Speaking of brutal, we did an interview with William Harder. We've been talking from about bobbleheads, some psycho, psycho killer, killer bobbleheads. Fuck yeah, murder Bobble. auction, Satan Central. Yeah, and he's out there. Uh, he's a great dude. A very interesting, very uh, colorful, good uh, interview. We did almost like a forty-five, fifty-minute interview with him. Talking about all sorts of serial killer shit. It's pretty cool. Of, yeah, the business and all kinds of shit he's done. It's great. And uh, we're going to play a lot more of it next week in the Murderbilia episode we're going to do. But we're going to play a little snippet, about seven minutes or so, so you guys get a little feel for how Taste that was. Taste what happened and how and the check conversation this out. Was. And then CK, on the other side, will will comment on it. So uh, let me... Uh, all right. So we'll play that here for everybody. Now, what is it about true crime and serial killers that you think fascinates people so much? I mean, it's it is very interesting because I've I've always been drawn to it. My dad was a parole officer in New York, and he had you know some famous clientele like Son of Sam, and so I was introduced at a pretty young age to that whole thing and found it very interesting. But what do you think from people you've met that like this stuff? Well, I mean, it, it goes it goes to I think basic human nature. I mean, if you look at you know throughout history, human beings have always had this love affair with violence. I mean, you look at the Colosseum in Rome. I mean, just think you know you could go to Alabama in, in 1956, and and they'd be torturing some poor black soul, uh, you know, in the middle of the street, cutting off his 
uh, genitals and then stringing them up, and, and there'd be the, the whole town would be there cheering. Right. You know, you know, cheering, and this would be, uh, yeah, let's you know, up church over, let's go, we're gonna go lynch so and so because that's what God wants, and so I mean, and that's we're not talking hundreds of years ago. Oh no, it still know? happens. Right. I mean, yeah. So human beings and, and, and violence is not anything new. So I think when a person steps outside of anybody who steps out of societal norms, you're either going to be labeled crazy, uh, you know, or uh, eccentric, and either or still is going to captivate human interest. So when a person kills somebody recreationally for, with no motive, and, you know, whether it's cannibalism or extreme deviant sexuality, it is just interesting. And people are going to... And, and some people just, you know, some people are completely repulsed. You know, oh, I want nothing to do with that. I don't want to think about it. I know it happens, but I'd rather not, you know, think about it. And pussies like, I mean, people like that are fine. <laughs> pussies, have, uh, pussies <laughs> I mean, people. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> you know, some folks would be like, that's kind of interesting. I'd like to read a book about that. But then there's the even smaller you know, the, the person who's going to wait out by the tour bus and get that autograph, they want the autograph. So they're going to buy a letter that the, that the person, you know, wrote while they were in prison. And then you have the, you know, the, 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 the rock world groupie who wants to you know, get on the bus. And you have, you know, the person who wants to go to the prison and meet the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the inmate. I suppose I just made a comparison of myself to groupies, which that's not why I do what I do. I don't see myself as being a rock and roll groupie, but that's just a to kind of making an analogy that works for the no, show. I know, that, make, that makes perfect fucking sense. Some people are going to want not be happy with reading a book. Right. I've read true crime you know, books, and then I remember when I read The Night Stalker by uh, uh, you know Philip, Philip Carlo. And then I went and met Richard and asked him about the book, and he's like, oh, yeah, that, that part wasn't true. No, no, that didn't happen. And I was just like, what the fuck did I read this thing for? <laughs> right, it, right, you know, right. how much of this is true? And he goes, maybe 75%. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. I don't right. want to read books because they're bullshit. True crime books are written by a person generally who wants to make money. And, I mean, I've dealt with some really shady True crime authors who will lie—they—they uh, they paint the inmates out to be people they are not, because they're catering to this true crime culture, and and most people in that culture do want the serial killer to be this larger-than-life villain. They don't want to see the similarities. They want to know that they are as far removed from that person as possible. When in reality, these aren't monsters or goblins or warlocks. They're people. They're just like you. They are just like you. There's, there's, they breathe, they eat, they poop. You know, there's not, you know. They, uh, so yeah, I um, that that's kind of that, you know, in a nutshell. Why people, uh, people are always going to want to do it. They're for to sure. be interested in that, you know, darker points of history. So, and, and, and it's not going to – I didn't start it, and it's not going to stop. And I didn't start the, the crime collecting. When, when Dillinger was shot, people were dipping handkerchiefs in blood. When Lincoln died, they pulled apart the house he died in. Uh, when, you know, you know, nooses were routinely hung up or cut up after executions, given out to prominent, you know, male to, 
first to the governor, stuff like that. And this collecting true crime trinkets is absolutely nothing new. No, right. nothing at all. What are what are your thoughts about the people who want to make it illegal for you to sell true crime merchandise on uh, murder auction? I I guess I wish those people would just say it like it is. They do not believe in capitalism. They do not believe in America. Uh, they believe in a an authoritarian police state. Uh, where inmates don't have rights and citizens don't have rights. They should just out and say it. I'm tired of victims, advocates, and people who want to put me in prison saying that I believe in capitalism, but, but bullshit, man. You don't believe in capitalism. Just own it. Say it. Say you hate freedom. Right. Don't, no, don't dance around with this bullshit. Oh, I believe in the Constitution. No, you don't. No, you don't at all. Because if you did, you wouldn't be trying to put me in in jail or worse. Right, right. They don't believe in that. And I get it, man. If somebody raped and murdered my little dog, I'd be devastated, man. And I couldn't Who's even imagine dog? if somebody did that to, like, my mother or to a niece or a nephew. It would break me. A part of me would be broken, I'm sure. But that doesn't give me the right to tell everybody they have to stop collecting artwork and letters. I'm sorry, Victims' rights end where my rights begin. Right. And that's just the way love goes. We live in America. You know, why don't you shove off to China or, you know, North Korea? And then you can talk to the, the leaders and you can tell them <laughs> we should put people in prison who do this. And they might listen. But that's an interesting fucking dude. Yeah, that man. is an interesting motherfucker. There's <laughs> plenty more than that. Yeah, that's <laughs> just a little taste. It's about six minutes, 40 seconds of the William Harder interview, as we mentioned, from Psycho Killer Bobbleheads and from Murder Auction. And CK, definitely a very interesting perspective on the serial killers and the whole death row yeah, thing. The way they think. And Pretty everything. interesting yeah. stuff. He's definitely so. got his thoughts. Yeah, definitely seems interesting. He definitely has a niche. Yeah, he does. And so Murder Auction's like the biggest fucking site. Like, it's like eBay for, for murder, murder memorabilia. Yeah, yeah, you could buy fucking Gacy paintings, fucking letters from... You know, fucking Ed Gein postcards, all sorts of like real authentic shit. Um, so if that's your thing, man, go check him out. And we're going to play the, uh, a much more of that next week in the Murderbilia episode. Yeah. And then we're going to do the entire like 45 minute episode. All on its own. As its own. Be, its the own interview thing. all on its own like we always do. So fuck yeah. So I think I'm hearing a bell. And I think, what does that mean? It means it's time to get into that fucking killer cage match, boys. Nice. <laughs> Love fucking killer cage match. Definitely a fan uh, or listener favorite. Uh, we always enjoy doing these and getting our our listeners involved. So this time, Chris, we got some people to thank for yes, contributing. Uh, we have uh, Lori Lazarine, Brian Llewellyn, and uh, again, my sister Stacy. Yeah. Man. So thank you That's guys, awesome. man. Yeah, fucking, we got some good. We got some good ones tonight. I got a thing. I got a scenario in my head. Oh, you got a scenario. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. Well, we like when we have the uh, the listeners involved because what we have for those of you that are maybe new because we're getting a lot of new listeners is we take a list of sixty killers that we came up with, just crazy random shit, and then sixty objects with all sorts of funny stuff. Chris, we've done some good ones. Yeah, yeah. Double headed dildos been on her a couple times. The the. What was the crack, the crack whore needing to fix? No, that was the variable. That was the variable. Oh, yeah, the variable. The variable. Yeah, you got like a yeah. can of corn, a fucking shake weight, right. anal flashlight, brass butt plug with feces on it. 
So we've got a whole bunch of uh, fucked dude. up and objects. <laughs> yeah. And then we came up with another twist, the variable, the variable yeah. like animals, and then the crack core the needing to fix. Need to fix. Yeah, the variable's fucking. <laughs> and so life. that I love, I love the crack core needing to fix. Yeah, that was a good. That was fun. So, so we get our listeners contributing, and so they came up with the random numbers. So, Chris, who do we got this week coming at? This week we have a uh, good old Leonard Lake. Nice, minus his partner charles right right but leonard was known for what the whole sex slave yeah sex slave he kept them his m ladies is what he called them right yeah trap them tie them up and keep them and torture videos yeah shot videos of it yeah Yeah. it was like a voyeur about his fucking goddamn torture and murder of bitches fucked up definitely a fucked up individual so him and he's going up against our Russian buddy here. We yeah, just did a podcast, killer. chessboard killer, who killed like sixty motherfuckers going for Chikatilo. Yeah, he's record, trying to beat Chikatilo's record. He got for fucked sure. in the end. They only gave him like fifty five. <laughs> he must be so fucking pissed. <laughs> oh, you know cell. he's angry, dude. Yeah, you know he's, he's an angry motherfucker. Angry. And he's in fucking Black Dolphin, too, which is yeah. no fucking joke, That place man. is no fucking joke. We're going to be doing a podcast on, on the, Black the Black Dolphin, Dolphin prison. Yeah. That's going to be a that good one. That place is, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Really, really fucked up. So these two are going to get at it in a steel cage with two objects that the uh, listeners came up with. One of them is a cattle prod. Yeah. And that would be fucking <laughs> nasty, dude. Those things are fun. We used to have a cattle prod when I was like in my oh, God. teens. And oh, we would, Jesus. Like, we would like wait until somebody's coming up to the door and hold it onto the door handle oh, from the God. other side so when they grab the fucking door handle. It would shock oh, the fuck out. <laughs> it is fucking oh, hilarious. Dude, I could totally, in Fairbury, yep. yeah, I could totally yep. see at the Shawback compound. Yes, sir. <laughs> so they're going at it with a cattle prod and a screwdriver which can be interesting um definitely when we toss in the variable this time it gets really interesting what do we got, we got for our variable? 10 scorpions ouch yeah yeah when i was in texas man they were no fucking joke man like right? they're pretty good size yeah, yeah yeah and when i was in the army when i worked the overnight shift and we were out in the field you're really fucking bored and you're doing everything you can to fucking Just, stay awake. You're right. drinking fucking like nasty army coffee, black playing cards, you know, whatever you could do to stay awake. So what we used to do is we'd get a bunch of fire ants in a jar. Get the fuck out of here. No. A bunch of fire ants in like a mason jar, like a bunch of them, like 50, 100, a bunch of them. And we'd put one of those big fucking scorpions in the jar and we'd close the fucking lid. It had holes in it. Right, right. And they'd fucking go at it, dude. It was like watching a Godzilla movie. Dude. Holy shit. <laughs> Every time. Guess who won the, the fucking fire match? ants? Fire ants fucked their shit up. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. Damn, it was dude. brutal. It went on for like an hour. It would go on for. Yeah. That's so funny. It fucked. was great. <laughs> great entertainment. Right? So, live I'm, TV. I'm very familiar with what scorpions are like, and fire ants are actually worse. But in the, in the short term, scorpions are going to fuck your ass up. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, what do we think, dude? We got Leonard Lake, chessboard killer. And then we get the cattle prod and the screwdriver, CK. And then we got 10 scorpions, scorpions. and they're just running fucking rampant. What do you think? Well, you can't fuck the scorpion. So I think, I think the chessboard <laughs> killer is going to gonna go for the fucking cattle prod. The, the fucking 
cattle prod is yeah. going to fucking shove it right up the other guy's ass. Oh, wow. Nice. Oh, that's pretty Ooh, brutal. That's electrifying. <laughs> that would hurt. Yeah, what do you think, Chris? You said you had kind of a scenario. Yeah, I, I, I was going for the chessboard, going for the fucking cattle prod, too. Yeah. Whoever gets that cattle prod, because Leonard Lake was a pretty good size yeah, guy. Yeah, he was a good size He was size a Marine, guy. a former Marine. So he was pretty uh, he, good he size. He had dude, battle con, or not. Uh, combat skills to a point and shit. Right. Fuck yeah, he did. Yeah, I think he was a grunt in the Marines in like Vietnam. So yeah. he saw some shit. So definitely he could handle himself. Yeah, so chessboard killer's going for the cattle pride. Right. He's going to zap every one of them motherfucking scorpions on his way oh, to okay. Leonard Lake. Okay. And then he's just going to, he ain't even going to use the cattle, shock him, Leonard, or Leonard Lake with the cattle pride. He's just going to smack him across the mouth, bust that cyanide capsule. <laughs> oh, and nice. And make him die like that yeah. through the cyanide. Oh, I can see that. Because <laughs> yeah, he took cyanide when they arrested yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if you're not familiar with that story, it's oh, a good yeah, one. I can see that. Leonard Lake and Charles Ng, who we've talked about a few different times. So I'm going the chessboard in that scenario. Area. Okay, I, I think I think we're all in agreement. I think Chessboard's probably going to do it. He was a little younger in his heyday than Leonard Lake, but I don't know though. Leonard Lake He's with that combat boy, experience, I mean, I I think he might have been stronger than Chessboard Killer. So I'm going to go against oh, your nice. guys, and I'm going to say Leonard Lake fucking Chessboard Killer up, He's just and then he might rush. get him like delirious. And then fuck the shit out of his ass. He probably would. And videotape it. I think the chess pro killer is, uh, is very competitive because he wants that fucking okay. record. Yeah, he wants oh, to go yeah. for that win, dude. So, <laughs> so I, I, I think the competitiveness is fucking good. <laughs> good way to think about it's it. Yeah. get him over that. Yeah. That's what I think. All right. Well, that's a good one. And always, listeners, you guys have any take on this whole thing? Uh, we always love hearing from you guys. Hell yeah. So fire that shit away, and we'll always keep doing some Killer Cage match. We need to do a – maybe next week we do Murder Amelia. We'll do the metal We'll do the metal cage, cage match, match instead. That, that's cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd yeah, that'd be, good. be cool. Yeah, that was fun last time. So we'll do that one again next week. So what we're going to play now, I did an interview on Sunday with Bob Weiss. Uh, the owner of Shaker Cigar Bar in the Milwaukee, and we did our podcast from there back in August. That was yeah, amazing. All, yeah, uh, we played it in October. So if you're not familiar with that episode, it's a standalone uh, Shakers episode where we do Ghost Tour. We did the Dahmer, uh, Cream City Cannibal Tour. Uh, amazing. We got, some of the, we got audio recorded from a couple tours. Yeah, we tours recorded some audio. We put it on the podcast. And then we had Dead Man's Carnival was playing. Yes, they were. Got some of that music on there, kind of a 20s, because that place is so fucking cool, man. Dude, and that band goes with that bar so fucking Yeah, right. it's like a speakeasy, like legit from back those, in those the day. Guys, those guys kick ass. I YouTube those guys. Those guys are amazing, yeah, man. Yeah, they are. The Dead Man's Carnival fucking... Uh, Professor Pinkerton, uh, the singer, the brains behind the whole thing is unfucking believable. Talented musician in Milwaukee, very, very renowned for his skills Hell yeah. as a jazz pianist, guitar, singing. Fucking dude sounds like he's like my size, and he's like this little <laughs> fucking pipsqueak, man. It's crazy. And a great guy, too. So, anyway, we did this interview with Bob uh, because we we're doing a Murder Billia episode next week. And I thought, you know, Bob would be a good one to talk to. Of course, Bob's a fantastic interview. I mean, he's so right. good at it. Um, he's always on TV and shit, so he's really good at it. 
and always talking about shakers and what's going on and experiences. And so he does the Cream City Cannibal Dahmer tour. So I thought, well, there's a guy who's profiting from the murder from industry. The murders, yeah. So he would be a good one, and he was, and he talks about that. So we're going to play a little piece of that, about six and a half, seven minutes. Now, this one is fucking creepy because he talks about Dahmer being in Shakers, he said, every four to six weeks and what it was like to look at him in the eye. It's pretty fucked up. So we'll that, let you that hear that fucked, as a dude. tease. And then next week in the Murderbilia episode, we'll play more of it. And then we'll do that one as a standalone, uh, just Man. like with William Harder. So check this out. I think you guys will dig this. And that's going to do it for Mayhem. After the uh, Bob Weiss piece, we'll go back and we'll come into the outro yes, and wrap sir. this shit up. So. so thanks for being on with us, CK, man. Yeah, CK, you oh, wait, no, you're hanging out. Yeah. Outro. yeah, you're hanging out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm you're I'm here going the, the whole way. Fuck, Fuck yeah, yeah, boy. Yeah. All right, well, let's fucking check out this uh, little interview piece from Bob Weiss. Now, what do you think, Bob, about people that say it's wrong to make money from that sort of industry? You know, I, I've got some very significant thoughts about this, and the big thing is that you can go back to the 1800s in Britain where they developed, I think, the modern-day industry for merchandise selling uh, and memorabilia really came out of Britain, and uh, they were masters at an entire series of uh, like these Penny Blood booklets that came out, and uh, then the Mystery of London series. So while they were pitching the entire concept of, of just miscellaneous mayhem and murder and things of that nature, uh, it really expanded to something beyond that point. And we as humans have this morbid fascination. Um, and you know whether it's with just with purely with death, whether it's the crime component, you put the two together, and now you've really got something taking place. But just as you see accidents on the expressway, and you see a semi has rolled into a car or something, and people slow down, and you know they're right. all they're all craning their necks. It's right. the same kind of a concept. And then you've got the sensationalism that, frankly, the media really plays up because this boosts the ratings, and the ratings go up, and they can sell more subscriptions to things. But the media loves death, and they love gore, and they love reporting upon shootings and murders and all sorts of crime sprees. And that only works because people want to see it. People want to buy it. We have this fascination. So if you look at our tours, Pete, the vast majority of people taking the Cream City Cannibal Tour are women between 25 and 40 years old. Wow. The vast majority are college educated, and they're buying the shirts. They're buying the things with the, the graphic picture of Dahmer on the front side for a mugshot and with the number 17 on the back for the number of Vicks that he had admitted to. And you can look at that from the outside and say, my God, this is bizarre and, and malicious <laughs> and morbid. But the reality is we sell that product because people want to buy it. And right. it's the same thing with all the, the Gacy clowns or any of the Manson oh, sure. images or you know the, the things that, that people take their own blood and, and are making pictures out of and you know the, the hair weaving as well. Right. There's nothing that's new here, and none of that would exist if there wasn't a market for it. And I will tell you, Pete, it is a huge, huge market. Oh, yeah. So the fact that we're making money off this, well, yes, we, we do make money off this. It is a business product for us. But at the same time, it's there to reinforce the primary product, which is the tour, and then to um, 
fill this niche demand that people have for things. I mean, yeah. I think kind of that is the whole talisman thing, Pete. You know, it's like you you wear a picture of a Satan thing on your shirt because, well, you know, part of you is fascinated by it, and part of you just wants to be defiant and get your horns up, and the other part is like, well, I hope the hell I don't meet this guy, so maybe this, <laughs> this image is going to keep him away. If I wear right. a Dahmer shirt, maybe as interested as I am, Pete, I, I don't want to meet Dahmer. So, no, no, neither of us know. do. <laughs> well, you know, like we see this with the podcast. I mean, our hits and listens are exploding, and like you said, there's obviously a need. There's a want for the product, so, uh, you know, mm-hmm. same type of thing. It is uh, really incredible. Now, uh, with Dahmer... Um, is it true uh, that he was a frequent customer at Shakers? Well, I you know I, I hate saying frequent. I what I will say is that there was a period in 1990 and 91 where we probably saw him every at one point probably every two or three weeks. Uh, mostly it was every six weeks. Nobody had a clue who he was except right. for the fact that he was a little bit odd. So <laughs> there's an understatement. You know, right. Walk in. And when you when you come to Shakers, we are thirty some people on staff, and all but three are female. And it's been that way since the '80s when I opened up. So uh, Dahmer was insistent when he came in, and of course the alternative life bar, uh, lifestyle bars were to the north of us or to the south of us. And Shakers was all corporate America kind of thing for lunch at least. And um, he would come in, wouldn't talk to anybody. He had these eyes that I will never forget. They're like a dead shark eye that would just into you. Wow. But he would come to the bar and he would not talk to the female staff. He was insistent that a man would come out of the kitchen, one of the chefs, mostly me, to make him a gin and tonic. And I mean, there wasn't any inter- any interaction beyond that taking place. He didn't talk to you. He didn't want to talk to you. Right. He just kind of drank his straw, sipping out of a straw and glaring at the normal people that were there. Interesting. So um, how we even knew it was him, Pete, is that we well, we do a lot of law enforcement things, as you're aware of. So, yeah. Um, the night that he was uh, he was caught in July, uh, we had a customer come in late at night, eleven thirty, eleven o'clock, somewhere's in there, named Tom Jacobson. Tom uh, had the contract with the city of Milwaukee for cleaning up all the crud. So we, they got the call, and on the cover of Life magazine and Look magazine, they are the ones that are carrying out the refrigerators full of oh. body parts and the heads. Oh, yeah, very famous, so, iconic picture. Absolutely. So Tom and one of his guys shows up late at night, and they were whiskey drinkers. They asked for a bottle of whiskeys, thing we generally don't do. They told us what they'd been through, and they just started drinking that and that and that. And, you know, oh, candidly, we're God. probably there until 4 o'clock in the morning until we finally booted them out. <laughs> and then I get a call at about 7 or 7.30 in the morning from uh, some of the feds that we know asking if I would open early uh, because they wanted to have a, a conversation with some of the local media. And, uh, of course, I said yes. So, bleary-eyed, I'm down there you know, shortly thereafter <laughs> in the morning, and it's some of the feds, and it's the DA's office and MPD. And they invited some of the local media that they wanted to talk to because this – this phalanx of, of, of national people was going to come to town and they didn't want to talk to him. So um, as as I'm there behind the bar and you've got half a dozen people or more that are just sitting around, they're pulling out the mugshots and they're talking about this. And I'm like, holy cow, stop right there. I recognize this guy. And this is my story on that. So oh, you wow. can't say that you know I, I had intimate conversations with him or anything else, but sure. I mean, he was this freak that I will never forget. Oh, wow. And he drank gin and tonic.
fucking fucking Impetigo, Impetigo. That's going back. Boneyard, dude. I fucking Boneyard. love that shit, dude. Oh, it's fucking badass, dude. <laughs> Fuck. It reminds me a little bit of Grindzilla a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like, fucking Grindzilla reminds me of them. Oh, of course. <laughs> I, yes, you are correct. I stand corrected. It's the other way around. But it reminds me right, right. Hell of yeah. that style. <laughs> But Bloomington, local Bloomington, Illinois band. Yes, sir. Around Fucking here, badass. these motherfuckers are like royalty for yeah, the death metal Yeah, huge influence scene. on Gormongers. So yeah. Joe, oh, I'm yeah, sure. Like huge influence. Oh, yeah. Dude, even, uh, Matt, oh, yeah. even Matt from fucking Impetigo, he's seen Joey's fucking Gormonger collection of merch, records, nice. tapes and shit. He's like, dude, I don't even have some of the shit you That's have, That's awesome. Dude. He was at, uh, he came to a couple of those Matt Bishop a Central Illinois Metal Fest yeah, yeah. at the Canopy yeah, that Mark from Impetigo. Cool yeah. as fuck. Yeah, really Mark's a fucking nice guy. awesome, dude. Really good dude. Met him a couple times. Yeah, they're fucking great. But yeah, around here, they're very, very highly regarded. Fucking a. And so I thought it was fitting to play a little Impetigo. And so we had a great fucking episode, man. We have fucking CK still on still the on line. the line, brother. What's still up? here? Nice, still here. You're a fucking beast. <laughs> God damn. And uh, we had Adam Hall on Adam here Hall talking some wrestling, it. so that was good. And we had a really good episode with the uh, Chris Benoit stuff. And again, thanks to everybody that suggested a Justin Morris and the others. I can't remember. I'm sorry, I can't remember everybody's name. There were about four or five that were yeah, like, that do it, suggested do it. that, yeah. And we've been getting a lot of people liking the posts we've had about this episode, so I think we'll probably see a lot of listens. I hope so. So I'll hopefully you guys spread that shit out. Dig it, man. Spread the word. That's right. Now, the bumper L- music. Listener, listeners are growing. Yeah, listeners big time. Growing. Well, we were averaging about 750 listens on the new episode every week. Now we're at 900, so we've gone up 150 on an average of the current episodes. Need to get them numbers up, boy. <laughs> but, yeah, let's break 1,000 <laughs> with Fucking come Watt. on, man. The 50th <laughs> Maybe ep- this one. Yeah, the 50th episode broke 1,000. It's like 12-something. Um, the uh, one year is at like 1,100, so they're just over. The highest listen-to episode is the first episode, and it's like, 3,600 yeah. total. Uh, total listens of the podcast since we've been doing it's just at about 80,000. So thank you again, thank you, everybody. Man. That's amazing. Um, now, the bumper music this time, we played some Fozzie, Carcass, uh, Heathen, and, of course, Impetigo. Um, and, again, thanks to everybody that's listening. It's so fucking cool. Um, definitely um, unbelievable. We definitely appreciate all yeah. you motherfuckers. I mean, all these fucking countries, Finland, Italy, Canada, the UK, Fuck yeah. Australia, just killing that shit. Thank you, guys. Yes. And uh, India's been on the list not that long ago, which is just made, boggles my mind. <laughs> right. um, and then in the U.S., fucking Chicago is still number one. Shut number down. two, fucking El Dorado Hills, California. Northern again. California. Yeah, again. So our boys in Psycho Killer Bobbleheads may be making an impact there. I hope so. Uh, Bloomington right after them. So they're like neck and neck. And then uh, I, Danbury's on the top 10 now. Uh, Endicott, New York. Um, um, there's there's uh, Tennessee. There's like a, at least one or two towns in Tennessee. Uh, we're just seeing lots and lots of people listening, and it's really fucking cool. Yeah, we appreciate it a fucking lot, man. Yeah, big time, big definitely, time. Definitely, definitely. Now, we got some good comments. Now, CK, I don't know, did you print that out, or can you see the comments? 
Yeah, give me um, one second. Give me two yeah. seconds. Well, I'll no get problem. I'll have Chris reread the first yeah, I got one, the Chris. First what do you man. got here? All right, so uh, Don Riggs says, uh, this is the best true crime podcast I subscribe to. I love the 50th episode with the live bands. You're going to do more of those. And, yeah, we plan oh, on yeah. it. Yeah, well, the weather's getting nice again. It so is. Once I'm the weather's nice, to do another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fucking great. Yeah, and we plan on that. you know what I'm going to do, though? We talked about this. Now, the guys from INC that'd be fucking are going to be out here. Yeah, I'm going to see if nuts. Eric wants to do a little stopover at Horn's like, Eye. Come on, man. Could just, you imagine that shit, CK, at fucking INC <laughs> Fuck, in yeah, the fucking gray room? Awesome. Wouldn't that'd that be, be the shit? Great, dude. Yeah, that'd be badass. Yeah, fuck I might have to get up there and do some fucking Fisco wreck or something. <laughs> that'd be <laughs> fucking badass. <laughs> that'd yeah. be really cool, man. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I told them they could stay here if they wanted to and... And if they, you know, I know how that is being on the road, on it's the, fucking yeah, it's expensive. And I've got a pretty good sized house and can stash them on some pull out couches and stuff. And if they want to crash here, they're welcome to do that. So we'll see if they want to come out and throw down. But we've got local boys we could bring in. And, and so we always like to, yeah, we you do. know, talk about getting some more bands in here. So we're definitely going to do more of that, Dawn. So thanks for that comment. CK, the next one, you want to read that? Sure, this is from Ellen Red. She um, commented, Have you guys thought about doing a metal segment on the band Air Supply? Dude, that's funny. <laughs> How well, funny is that? Because we just did it tonight. <laughs> I know. That's why you said that. Dude. I know. I saw that. I'm like, Oh my God, he's reading that one. I didn't do that on purpose either. <laughs> uh, um, no, we're not doing Air Supply, but um, we are. We got, we got some great ideas coming up, some bands. Um, Next week's going to be the Misfits. Then yeah. we're going to do um, a Mother's Day special, female vocalists, and um, yeah, got a lot of good ideas. Some good metal, metal coming up. Don't worry, dude. I am speaking of the Mother's Day episode. Yeah. I am so fucking pumped for that shit. I cannot wait. We're going to hold off on telling them who it is, but this is one fucking psychotic and she didn't even do the murder she commanded her fucking kids and their friends to kill kill somebody (laughs) like with baseball bats like bashing his fucking head brutal as fuck brains on the ceiling i mean really bad nasty fucking shit and it's gonna be great this was your yeah, you had dude. mentioned this. I one, came dude. across this book, sir. Listen, I was like, Pete, we got to do this uh, shit. Dude. I didn't even know who she was, and I'm like, Oh, oh my god, sick, sick fucking, yeah. Cunt. Oh my god, yeah. So this is going to be a good one. Last year was a good one with Catherine, Catherine Knight. Knight. Hell yeah, this is right up there. I think with Catherine Knight, it's yeah. pretty fucking gruesome. Uh, the third one here, I'm going to read it. Richard in your butt. Richard in your butt. You Got to love that. <laughs> Said, my favorite episode so far was the one you guys did on Joe Matheny. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Old yeah. Joe, man. We ate barbecue one of my that favorite, night. Yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah, <laughs> Big Bad Hogs Barbecue brought some food in. We ate while we talked about that big sloppy bastard serving <laughs> humans at <laughs> so his barbecue stand. awesome. I love what it. What the fuck? <laughs> that <laughs> Pic- awesome. That picture of him too, dude. What the hell, man? Wow. That's God fucking crazy. You know, it's funny. I listened to the very, very beginning of our very first podcast last night. Yeah. It's pretty cool to hear it. It's funny because you could tell we were just like, like brand what the fucking fuck are new we to doing, dude? Thing. It's really cool, everybody. If you go back, if you go to murdermetalmayhem.com, you can listen to every episode. Go to the very first one, especially if you've been listening for a long time. 
Check it out. Just the beginning of it. The episode's only an hour and seven minutes, (laughs) which is funny because we go fucking two hours. This one, we're at an hour and 50. So, 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 so much for a short episode. Yeah, right. Fuck. Um, But yeah, it's fucking unbelievable to go back and listen. So, um, I don't know. CK, you want to read the last one? Sure. Pirate Slayer said, the origin of the karaoke episode was awesome. I always wonder what made you guys do those songs. Walmart made and him do it. He... <laughs> yeah, I always send them to you so you could hear them as they come hot yeah. off the press, dude. Some ridiculous and shit. They're always they're always fucking great. And and the whole idea is to make fun of something that you wouldn't think would you could sing like that. Right. You know, it, it, I love it. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's it's always fun to do those. Now, big thanks to William Harder and Bob Weiss for doing those interviews with us. Be sure to check out williamsmurderauction.com or satancentral.com. Satan Central. <laughs> and visit the, uh, to visit the amazing Shakers Cigar Bar and Bob Weiss, go to hangmantours.com or milwaukeeshauntedbar.com. And I just uh, booked the ghost tour we're doing, and it was so easy with my phone took about five minutes tops and Hello. bam just super easy so people Fuck you yeah. can sign up right that way bob gonna be there that night while you're there i think he is nice. he's been going back and forth to savannah with the new place but i think he's gonna be there right i hope so because i'd like to see yeah, it'd him be nice to talk to him again yeah big time and we're gonna be back out there bob and i talked no date set but looking there. like late late summer early early fall to get That'd back be out great. There. i'm excited to oh, go I back know. out there man I mean, we've Fuck been yeah. itching so we're gonna go back we're gonna go back now, yeah, I wish I could go with you guys. That'd be dude, fucking killer. That would hey, be killer. Move to Illinois. Yeah. Don't fucking do it, dude. <laughs> Don't fucking do it. <laughs> fly you into Milwaukee or something. That'd be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that'd be dude. cool. Um, we'll actually see how much it costs. Maybe we will. Right? Um, thanks to our sponsor, Psycho Killer Bobbleheads. Definitely go check them out. Score uh, some of their amazing serial bobbleheads. Chris, we're on video, so you're showing off some of them. Son of Sam. Guy. Fucking Sam Gacy. Right Gacy. The Manson one's pretty funny with the peace sign <laughs> yeah, and shit. Yeah. You got fucking. And you, could, and you, you, could, you could buy the whole set or you just buy one at a time. So. Yeah, yeah you exactly. You get all 16 really, and you really can buy cool them. Shit. And they're only like 25 bucks oh, free yeah. shipping. That so, I mean, one seriously. Right there, man. They're really yeah. cool. They look a lot like the, the actual killers, yeah, too. Yeah, they do. They got a couple of non-killers. They got Anton LaVey, which is good. And he's fucking great, yeah. dude. I love the Anton. Yeah, man. that's a good one. <laughs> Hell yeah. And so they got some really good stuff. So check them out, psychokillerbobbleheads.com. Nice Mother's Day gift. Father's Day's coming around the corner. You know your dad would Give love some your- Eileen Warnos. In a dominatrix, yeah, in a dominatrix. Outfit, dude. Give it to your son for his bar mitzvah. <laughs> yeah, Fuck. Sure, I mean, take the not? fucking take the Berkowitz one. Right. Happy there bar you, mitzvah. There you go. <laughs> nice. Buy, buy it for your grandparents for buy it for your grandparents for Christmas. Why not? Fuck yeah, Why dude. not? And thanks also to Couchfucker Upholstery Cleaning for yeah, running the ad last minute. They do a minute. good job of cleaning out their fucking balls. They do, right? <laughs> and don't forget to check out MurderMetalMayhem.com to listen to all our past episodes. Also, our YouTube channel, Murder Metal Mayhem. Subscribe so you know when we're posting new videos. Uh, we got several on there. We've been recording this episode tonight, so hopefully it turns out good. And we'll post that up there. Yes, sir. Uh, we also have yes, some sir. dumb shit. And we love to be stupid. And we're going to be doing some commercials. That'll be really fun. So you'll, we'll put those on there as well. 
You can also go to PeteAltieri.com if you want to pick up one of my books. Pick up a book, people. Yeah, if you like horror and thrillers and shit like that, you check me out. I'm also on Amazon if you dig the Kindle thing and that sort of stuff. Uh, we can't let him go, though, without a little karaoke destruction. Not a little ever, bit of tie dude. In. Not ever, dude. Yeah. A little tie-in with the wrestling slash boxing thing. Yeah, I tried to tie in. And so get your cut man ready and crank that shit up. And until next time, keep one foot in the gutter. And your fish crushing the skulls of the week. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Thanks, CK. Good to have you on, buddy. Yeah. Later, bro. All right. All right, later, guys. All right, little karaoke. Later.
Adrian. Mother, mother, man.